0: Gosh, it's great to sing Alleluia again, isn't it? Above all, we Christians are an Easter people, and our song is Alleluia. This is a quote from St. John Paul II, um, but it, it always personally resonated with me. I wonder Why? Is it because of my last name? You know, uh, when I was growing up in school, the kids used to tease me. They used to say, Leo song, sing a song. Yeah, kids are so mean, aren't they? Yeah, if I, if, I had a, if I had a time machine, yeah, I would go back. Wait, that, that doesn't make sense. If I had my, like who I am now, if I could transfer myself to, uh, you know, when I was a kid and, and kids would poke fun at me about my last name, yeah, I think I would have some, some fun with it. You know, when they would, when they would say that, I think uh, being who I am now, I would respond, go in peace, alleluia, hallelujah. hallelujah. People re- respond, "Thanks be to God. Hallelujah hallelujah it's the reason reason uh, I did that is it's a little bit of a rehearsal. This is going to be our, our final dismissal. And so the deacon. It's going to say, you know, the part that I just sang. And then all of you, now you know how to sing it, right? You practiced it, all right? Dear friends, the resurrection is absolutely central to our faith. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then all of us are crazy. We're ridiculous for gathering here this evening and and doing this if jesus didn't rise from the dead we should all go home and forget about it as saint paul put it if jesus is not raised from the dead our preaching is in vain and we are the most pitiable of people it comes down to this if jesus wasn't raised from the dead then christianity is a fraud and a joke however if he did rise from the dead he must be the absolute center of our lives. There is no third option. So since Jesus did rise from the dead, Christianity, it must be for us an all-in religion. The resurrection, it isn't just a belief that we pull out at Easter or a comforting doctrine we use to console ourselves when a loved one dies. It's a total way of life, a life that begins with baptism and is sustained by an ongoing relationship with the risen Lord. It's a life in which Christians must own the words, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Unfortunately, we sometimes have the tendency to domesticate the resurrection. What I mean by that is that we tend to reduce it to our comfortable ideas about God. I made a similar point, actually the same point on Good Friday, um, about the crucifix. The power of the resurrection and the way it impacts us personally, it can dwindle over time. But... This was not the experience of Jesus' early disciples. For example, when the women in the gospel realize that the tomb is empty, they're terrified. And when Peter goes to see that the tomb is empty, he's amazed. In Matthew's account, when the two Marys realize that the tomb is empty, they experience an earthquake. That's the resurrection. The, resin, the resurrection is an explosive, overwhelming, earth shattering event that changed everything. Now, I hope you never literally experienced an earthquake. I have, and I could tell you it's absolutely terrifying. Your whole environment shakes, and you don't know whether you're going to live or die. And that's why the two Marys are terrified. And it's only when Jesus appears to them and tells them tenderly, not to be afraid, that their fear subsides. When you encounter the risen Lord, you can't help but, de- but be deeply moved and changed. The resurrection is the one thing that changes everything now I want to look at one specific detail in the gospel that's often overlooked it's the burial cloths that Peter finds in the tomb does anybody know where the burial these burial cloths are now anybody alright good I'm glad oh somebody yeah what? do you know where yeah, Turin. Turin. So the shroud The shroud is in Turin that, that covered Jesus' whole body. His whole body was wrapped in it. And then there's also um, uh, the face cloth. And that's also in Italy, it's in Manopello. And both these cloths have withstood over the years scientific analysis and study, they're the real deal. The outline of Christ's body and face is on them, produced by a light energy that no scientist can identify or debunk. About seven years ago, uh, this was my assignment in the summer as a seminarian. I spent one month in Jerusalem. This was a a guest center right outside the old city, outside the city walls, called the Notre Dame Center. And um, inside this this guest house, they had a really impressive Shroud of Turin exhibit. And uh, the highlight the highlight in that exhibit was a three D carbon copy of Jesus's body, Jesus's like entire entire body right they they took these researchers they took the shroud of Turin and they used uh, thermal imaging and and all this technology all this machinery to to make it from that image to a 3d model and you know when you look at that model you could you could find images online when you look at that model uh, you know what's most striking when you look at Christ's face? Because if you think about it, uh, just be, just before his face was uh, impressed upon the burial cloth with the light, but also like the sweat and his tears and the blood, you know, what did he experience right before he died? Like unimaginable pain, agony, and suffering, But when you look at this real 3D rendering, this model of his face, you see profound peace. It kind of makes sense, though, doesn't it? Imagine yourself accomplishing the most difficult task, the most challenging mission in the world. After you've accomplished it, there would be a huge sense of relief, of peace. It is finished. What about us? Do we desire that kind of peace that only comes from doing the Father's will, from dying to self? The truth is that until we get to heaven, we are at war. Yes, there's a terrible war happening now in Ukraine, and we must pray for peace. But right now, we're also in the middle of a war, each and every one of us, the spiritual kind. This kind of war is inescapable. There are only two kinds of peace, and each of them is at war with the other kind of peace. Peace. So if we're at peace with God, then we're at war with the devil, with sin and pride. The opposite is also true. If we're at peace with the devil, his allurements and empty show, then we're at war with God. The two kinds of peace are at war with each other. There's no escaping Spiritual war, you can only choose the right side. The only way to live on the right side is to die to the wrong and opposite side. Your old selfish self, your own will, has to die in order for your new self to be resurrected. You have to give up and surrender to God in order to truly live a life through, with, and in the resurrected Christ. In a few minutes, we'll renew our baptismal promises and be sprinkled with the newly blessed holy water. And most of us were baptized when we were infants, and so we never made the personal and intentional decision to die to ourselves And to live a new life in Christ. Well, now's our chance. Let's do that now and not let this opportunity pass us by. Let's die so that we can truly live.